Happy birthday, Erica. Uh, thank you. I was going to say happy yeah, birthday, Stephen. No, that that wouldn't work. No. Not at all. Mm-mm. No. But that's me. I, you did say my name, so technically we have done our introduction. It's the only unlazy thing we do. We we adhere to strict rules <laughs> on beginning and ending this thing. Um, uh, a year after we started the story, we have finished it. Planet of the Daleks, episodes five and six in the books, kidders. Mm-hmm. So if somebody ever asks you... <laughs> I just called you my pet name. <laughs> <laughs> it is my birthday. You're yeah. allowed to call me... Yeah. You're allowed to call me pet names on uh, my birthday right. on a podcast. <laughs> We're adorable, aren't, aren't we? Though? Oh, you're just so sickened by this right now, uh-huh. dear listeners. Yep. But it's your birthday, so... I can picture people rolling their eyes, and I love it. Yeah. Um, if anybody ever asks me, so what Doctor Who story did it take you the longest to make it through? <laughs> Yeah. Now I have an answer. It wasn't the sense rights. Everyone think, oh, you probably stole out the sense rights. No, you like the sense rights, and we like uh, this story too. But we just mm-hmm. took a year off, more or less. Yeah, that's that was the fault of the year itself, yeah. not the not the fault of the Doctor Who story, which was quite good. Like I, this is another one that I don't feel like I hear people talk about very often. Nope. Like, it's a Dalek story that doesn't get a lot of press and it should because it has the coolest looking dalek ever yeah so that the dalek supreme it's ironic that we're so, so we're watching the uh the title screen uh on the blu-ray and it's uh, cycling through various blu-ray mm-hmm. animations here and gr uh and there's another rimal thing there gavin rimal did this actual animation wow. for these uh he was just on radio free scarlet this past week talking about terry nation army they did a great episode about i didn't say anything to you uh they did a great there rhino model gm um they did a great episode on the origin of that dalek prop it comes i now i'm gonna butcher it because i might yeah it's on there but i think it's like it, it basically came from the movies But also, it was like part of Terry Nation's personal collection, and he actually the the paint scheme was a tie-in to like uh, the potential TV show that he had. Like it's (laughs) like it was it has a history to it uh, as to why it looks so different. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So we did finish all of it, episodes five and six. We did. Um, And yeah, I don't know. I just I. I'm I'm not a scholar of Doctor Who props or Daleks <laughs> or you know in any way. So maybe I I, I wouldn't be surprised if I've seen pictures mm-hmm. or stills or something of of that particular Dalek amongst many others. But it's different seeing a picture of something than it is seeing it in context, moving on the screen, mm-hmm. lit up, talking. And I just I don't know. I, I guess I didn't know what to expect from the Dalek Supreme when they said it it, it was coming. And uh, and yeah, the the color scheme of like the black and the gold with purple lights, like little mm-hmm. eye lights on the top, they're extra big. And then you know a completely light up eye stock with a little bit of red and some clear. It's just like that. That Dalek is so disco. I love it. <laughs> Before it's more glam than disco. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Which even better. Yeah. I uh, yeah. So I am I'm a fan of mm-hmm. of that uh, particular color scheme. It's uh it's good stuff. And I also quite liked the way that the story came together. With the ice volcano that I mm-hmm. accidentally kind of spoiled uh, last episode. Did I? I said ice cano. I thought they said ice cano in this, but it's the ice volcano. Yep. No, and I mean, I knew that was a thing that was coming because I 
yeah, like I said, I've heard people talk about the ice volcano. Right. I didn't, I couldn't have told you what story or ice, ice cano. I couldn't have told you what story it was from. Uh-huh. But as soon as they talked about the, you know, sub-zero goop ice, I was like, okay, it's this one for right. sure. Yeah. Uh, yes, and, and, and uh, impressive. How how did you feel about the effect sequence there with all the all the uh, toy Daleks there getting uh, ice spilled on them? It was amazing. I loved it so much. It was incredibly satisfying. Did it look realistic? No, I don't care. What it looked like was a bunch of toys being played with by yeah. somebody who was really, really invested in mm-hmm. playing with their toys and, like, you know, doing the denouement of their imaginary right. story correctly. Um, you know, just pouring a bathtub full of <laughs> of goop all over their Dalek toys. Yeah. It was super cool. It was adorable. What what child mm-hmm. wouldn't love to do that and watch that? Like, because the 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 Daleks used mm-hmm. were little Louis Marks commercial toys okay, I uh, painted uh, to look like but you know they weren't <laughs> screen accurate to begin no. with so they were they were just toy what i find endearing about them mm-hmm. is in that same as i just point out to the most recent episode of radio free scar where i talked to gavin rymel uh he points out a scene or two or some in uh the magician's apprentice from 2015 mm-hmm. where they have a whole bunch of daleks and stuff like that and he says in one scene at least uh they use um, commercially available Dalek toys in some of those shots. And I went and looked. This is sure enough. There it is because their, their eye stalks bounce a tiny little bit because they're about a foot tall, mm-hmm. remote control Daleks. And that's mm-hmm. what they... So 1973 and 2015, they are still using toy Daleks you could buy in the stores as actual screen props. I think it's awesome. A storied history of of Dalek toys being used to create new Dalek stories. I love it. That's really cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I've enjoyed this this adventure. Mm -hmm. I got to tell you, I've always sort of thought a little down on this one, maybe because here's the thing. Um, uh, When I was growing up and I was, for some reason, into Doctor Who. For some reason. For some reason, but not into classic Star Trek. The original series of Star Trek. A big reason of that is because whenever they went to an alien world in Star Trek, mm-hmm. it was a clearly a studio set with the sky painted whatever <laughs> color. And that's what the alien planet for the most part in this episode is. <laughs> True. So that mentality mm. invaded my psyche in nineteen ninety one or whatever when I saw this for the first time, and it's never really left. Mm. I, even then, I could sort of think, this plan is just in the studio. <laughs> I don't I don't like it very much, but uh, it's grown on me, this story has. Yeah, it's just, there are so many good characters. I really like the Thals. I, you know, Weber, not, as, as he was being shot down, I was like, well, not a great loss. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. I mean, he was a good, he was a good character. He did what he needed to do. Um, I, I just love the fact that the Spyrodons have to keep warm in those great big purple furs, mm-hmm. which makes the perfect disguises to sneak in so you can get your 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 disguising and sneaking in and oh, don't let your boots show or nope. the Daleks will know who you are. And then you have, you know, the 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 local fellow who lays down his life to save the rest of the the living creatures on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, good old Wester. Yeah. And uh it was just i don't know like just i really I, the story was interesting the you know i twist and turns is maybe overselling it a little mm. bit but the 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 directions that it goes the character development i mean i knew very quickly that poor 
what is it, LaTep? LaTep. Yeah, he was going to get his heart broken at the end. Uh, no question about that. Either that or he was going to die. Like, I just, as soon as yeah. as soon as soon he uh, openly declared how he felt about Joe, I was like, oh, that poor kid. Either <laughs> either he's going to get it or she's going to break his heart. Either way, yeah. he's, he's going to, to end sadly. And he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. People complain about Perry uh, later on being, you know, somebody falls in love with her in, in every episode. And, well, it happens a lot with Joe too but at least with joe it seems like it's always for a reason because she charms them as opposed to perry where they look at her once and go oh my god i'm in love yeah uh, or in lust mm-hmm. i think there's yeah. very much that where whereas you could you could sort of tell joe gets involved you know she falls yeah. for uh oh, yeah. king peladon a little bit and mm-hmm. i don't know she falls for a lot to, i think they're sort of like oh this poor boy I've led him along accidentally. Well, if we get out of this, I gotta think of a way out. So I feel like she's done that plenty of times on Earth with plenty of Earth boys. Oh, yeah. So this is just one more one more case of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Mike Yates before. Oh yeah. Remember Mike Yates? Mike mm-hmm. Yates is written in to sort of be like the uh the the, the romantic interest for, mm-hmm. for Joe way back when. Nah. Yeah, that didn't last. Hasn't quite worked out that way. Mm-mm. Um yeah, so poor Latep. Um, what else? Oh yeah, I just want to uh, what one closer to the missing episode three bit when I watched the um, the omnibus way back when. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first things is sort of like once I started thinking about it, thinking, wait a second, when he says, you know, remember remember the people who aren't won't be returning from the mission: Myro, Faber, Weber, Latep. I mean, uh, more, um, what's his name? Mer- Merat. <laughs> and every time I'm going. I had to think about, wait a second, who was Marat? Which one is Marat? Wait a minute, because I never saw Marat. Marat never appeared in anything. He was never, because he was only in episode three. And uh, so I had never known who he was talking about. And that was like, I feel like I was like memory hole or something. It was like that uh, Berenstein Bears or uh, or um, the Sinbad movie. Um, yeah. yeah. I thought it was interesting that he mentioned those people. But weren't there like hundreds of other people that died in the spaceship when it crashed? Uh, were there? There were these. Um... It wasn't just them. Like I feel like we're the, you know we crashed. We had this many people, and we're the only ones left. Yeah. The the ship that Rebek and the others came down on. That's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the official count was, but yeah, yeah we didn't. We didn't know. <laughs> I just wanted the doctor to say all those names. Yes, that's great. Right. And everyone else. But no, the only ones that matter are the ones that Joe and I met in person. Uh, Well, except they didn't meet Myro. But the only ones that count are the ones that we met in person Mm -hmm. or whose name you specifically told us. Anybody else? Give them a monument or something. (laughs) Just like, and the rest. That's, you know, like before we, the professor and Marianne, just and the rest. That's Mm -hmm. who they are. All the other people also died on this, and they just list 500 yeah. people on there. Yeah. I did appreciate the doctor. Like, that's his, the favor that he wants to be repaid is to not glorify war, which mm-hmm. just seems like such a refreshing concept. It's nice. Yeah, it is. Yeah. There's a few uh, Pertwee moments of charm in this story. Yeah. You know, it has uh, it has chats with uh, Taryn and Kodal uh, and in the mm-hmm. Dalek prison, and then at the end there with the war and stuff. Like, there's a three moments of charm. <laughs> Uh, the hat trick, if you will, for for Pertwee in this one, so it's a good one for him, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I quite like it. And his, this may be my favorite of his outfits yet. Like it is just really, I don't know. It's 
it's nice. Like I just the the the, the fit. Yeah. The maybe it's because I want it. Like of all of his outfits, like I never really thought I particularly want to cosplay as as the Pertwee Doctor. But like that, if it was sort of tailored to <clears throat> my figure, mm-hmm. dang. What color was it? Was it purple? Yes, yes, yeah. it was purple. And I, I I do quite quite like purple a lot. Um, but I feel like you know if it was adjusted in a few ways. Uh, not just the tailoring, but you know, maybe a few fewer ruffles around the wrist and that sort of thing. Like I could wear that to work. No, I, oh. I'm saying I love it, but like that might make you know typing and you know I oh, might it, get it ink get on it if I'm yeah if I'm sure. writing uh, notes or something like that. So just purely for a practicality. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, not that I actually want to go into the office anymore, but if I had to, <laughs> it would make me feel, which I I do unfortunately still. Uh, it would make me feel a lot better to be wearing something cool mm-hmm. like the third doctor in this story uh there was also some interesting texture to it which you saw in the film segments in episode three when they're going up the uh uh the shaft there mm-hmm. stuff shot and kneeling there so uh it makes me want to think did we ever see this costume before or after and i do know that in who graphica the wonderful book uh mm-hmm. by simon gary or steve o'brien um and Ben Morris, who does the excellent illustrations there, chronicle all the Pertwee outfits. Oh. And I think this might be a, a one-off. Don't at me. I'm just going to go look at the book <laughs> right behind me once we're done recording. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but yeah, it is a sharp look, isn't it? Pertwee pulls off purple. He that like purple just yep. works for him. You know what I mean? It really does. It, like it's just it's great. It if it's his vibe, his uh, his you know um, complexion. Yeah, it, it works. Yep. And yeah, and I mean. I, I certainly don't remember seeing this before, especially since we made fun of him multiple times for going to change into it at the beginning mm. of this story for whatever reason. I still think that's dumb. But Well, well he sort of goes, ugh, ugh. Like, he actually makes the look like, oh, I stink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why he changed it. Yeah. yeah. Still. Priorities, man. Well, I mean, what else is he going to do? He's stuck in the TARDIS thinking, well, this looks like a change. I suppose. I mean, it's not as bad as Matt Smith changing into a tux and tails and top hat. That's right. In Let's Kill Hitler, was it? Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. Just silliness. That's the doctor. That's all right. Sometimes just changed outfits just for fun. Like Shooty Gatwa. Mm. We're gonna have to, we're gonna need proper explanations as to why he's wearing so many damn uh, nope. outfits. No. I don't care. Okay. Just let him change whenever he wants. <laughs> nope. Canonical clothing <laughs> changes every every show, not just companions. Right? Every TV show. Thinking why is that that person's wearing a different outfit than last week? Why? <laughs> I'm an angry viewer, and I demand to know. Blech. You're silly. I am. What else about this uh, this last two episodes, or or indeed this story as a whole, do you want to uh, talk about or mention? Or uh, I'm glad that we liked it, though. I'm glad that we're we're almost four fifths of the way through the John Pertwee era, and uh, I think you've you've reappraised it a little bit, I guess, going in. A lot, yeah. really. I mean, I had only seen, like I had said, a few stories here and there, mm-hmm. and I just feel like he his doctor works much much better in context. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm not entirely sure that that's a good thing when it comes to like the entirety of Doctor Who. The ability to dip in and out, I think, is one of the amazing and wonderful things about the show. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is an era that's, unless you've actually seen it all in context, if, if you're the kind of person like me who is does not warm to this Doctor until right. you've actually seen him from beginning to end. I feel like that makes him a lot less approachable because if you dip in and out the way I did before, then mm-hmm. you're kind of like, wow. 
guy's a dick (laughs) depending on which depending on which stories you see Mm -hmm. um but uh but yeah like i i don't know that i feel like i needed a lot more moments of charm Mm -hmm. before i grew like to to feel warmth toward him and you know I, I don't have I don't blame him for for being grumpy a lot of the time because he was stuck on earth against his right. will and had his face changed against his will and like you know there's a lot of there's a lot of baggage there yep. for this doctor um but but at this point also he's actually out in the universe traveling around so he seems more relaxed mm-hmm. m- warmer than he was in earlier stories and that kind of that follows it makes sense I suppose like one of your uh, one of the few part we ones that you had seen for Verity mostly was Terror of the Autons, and I feel like that's him at his most grumpiest almost, you know? Yeah, and I I had seen that a few like a couple of times. Yeah. I watched it for Verity, but I had also just watched it just I think to see what it was, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, he's he <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't come off as charming in that one at all, uh, almost. So yeah. Mm-hmm. This is much uh, much better. Like, I'd rather rewatch this than Terra the Autons any day. It's almost like once he starts wearing different colored uh, outfits, <laughs> like he's mostly all in black mm-hmm. in those first two years. That's true. And then and then we start getting into reds and velvets and greens and purples and stuff like that. And that's mm-hmm. when you sort of see the uh, the the suave glam. Jimi Hendrix doctor sort of uh, there there's a there was a um, was it more than 30 years in the tar- I can't remember who it was now but uh, there was a fashion critic or something and saying about how o- only John Pertwee and Jimi Hendrix could pull off like a velvet coat with frills and uh, yeah I kind of I kind of see that now and then once he leans into it more like he kind of does here it's something yeah we're, we're seeing more we're seeing a softer side of the doctor's personality yep because again like I said he's back to being able to travel around with the TARDIS mm-hmm. I think that that in and of itself, the doctor being a, a, a rolling stone to uh, ah, <laughs> to ah. add to the music uh, m- m- metaphors, yep. um, is uh, it, he he's just sort of more comfortable in his own skin and or in his own ruffled velvet. Mm-hmm. Well, um, do you know what story follows this? I don't. Do tell. The story that follows this is serial T T T. Which is something I believe you've seen before. It is the Green Death. Oh wow! Yep. Joe leaves already. Spoilers, everybody. But yeah, uh, Joe leaves at the end of this next story. Yeah, I've seen it at least once. I think twice, actually. I think I've seen the story twice. I figure, yeah, that's what this one feels a little more familiar to to me. So, so we won't be treading any any great new ground for the next uh, next one of these. But um, but yeah, it's a, it's an epic one. It's interesting because I was just noticing at the end of. This one, right? Joe does not fall for Latep, no. and I'm not okay. If you have not seen the Green Death and you don't want any more spoilers than what I already gave you, stop listening now. Right. But I just want to compare a little bit here because all of my friends who ship the Third Doctor and Joe, and there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. uh, they point to the end of the Green Death and how sad the Doctor is. Um, and I, like, I don't know if their explanation for the end of this story. Where Joe and Latep are off to the side, and the doctor looks at them and he's, I, he says, I don't actually know about them. Uh, he does not seem the least bit concerned or worried. No. Um, when he asks Joe, <laughs> neither are we. <laughs> what, what do you want to do, Joe? And I like, I, I, it's, I assume it's because he recognizes that Joe is not really interested and he's not worried about it, no. but like, there's not even a hint. No. Um, so, no, I, I like look at the doctors like, oh, well, if that's what she wants. Mm. 
He knows. <laughs> he knows how this is going to go. Yeah. yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I suppose we'll see at the end of the next adventure. But we have to get to episode one first before we get to episode six. So on. <laughs> that's that's how it works. That's how math and time work because we don't have a TARDIS. No, we don't. Uh, but anyway, I hope you enjoyed uh, these two episodes. We certainly did. Uh, so next time, whenever that is, mm-hmm. hopefully not a year from now, probably not a year <laughs> no. from now. Uh, it'll be the Green Death episode one mm-hmm. on Lazy Doctor Who. Um, why, why do I let you make me do this? How did know. we start doing this? I don't, know. I don't know. On the incomparable network. Happy birthday, Erica. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.